everyone. Welcome to Fika for Life. My name is Edward Thomas, and my co-host is Lin Nguyen. Hello. Hi. And if you just did the last podcast, you know that this time we're going to continue to talk about making decisions, part two. In life. In life, we're going to go deeper. And get into the armpit of making decisions. Because <laughs> that's like deep. That's like personal, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't just let anybody get in your armpit. <laughs> Ugh, man. Well, well you, you hug them. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, that's why I use deodorant. So people can get in my armpit without it. Like Certain people don't. I know. Oof. <laughs> isn't that, okay, this is a sidetrack. But isn't that the worst thing? When you're at church and you're going to hug people. And they're like, not just didn't use deodorant, but their armpit is wet and slimy. Oh. And then you're short, and so you, when you hug them, you're like right in the pit. <laughs> That's like the worst. I'm just this like, is where you gotta practice the love of God, like I'm, the real love of I'm God. Like, Jesus, you better give me some love right now because I'm about to I'm about to throw up on them. <laughs> just like help me. Okay, decisions okay. in life. And yes. um, so last time we were talking more about generally why yeah. people make decisions, what kind of what are big decisions, why mm. what is the big problem with making big decisions? Exactly. Why do people feel like it's a big problem to make big decisions? Because they are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the use, word, that's the word you used last time. I'm going to use stupid again. I'm not <laughs> done with stupid yet. It's a good word. <laughs> Don't be so judgy. Okay, I won't be judgy. Just say different. Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, no. So apparently there are expectations on people how mm. how you're supposed, as a Christian anyway, yeah. uh, how you're supposed to make decisions. Well, you know, I'm really curious because since you didn't grow up as a Christian, no. like, do you get to like, like you get to like, just get away from all that, that pressure and everything? Like growing up as a Christian, you always had that pressure, like, you know, you got to be so holy and yeah, but now it's. I think you're more guided by culture then. Yeah. Like the society and culture uh, shows you what what life you're supposed to have. So what's mm. the standard? What's the ideal? And then you, as non-Christian, you try to adhere to that with your decision making. Like, wow. so you're supposed to get a job. You're supposed to get a partner. You're supposed uh-huh, to so make money. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Um, and it, especially when you're in Asian culture, like. I have been. I mean, mm. you are not only supposed to do all things, you are also to do all of the things with a good reputation. So, oh. I oh, think... saving faith. Can't, can't, can't we do a podcast <laughs> about the horrors of saving face? <laughs> saving I face, but I mean, yeah. um, I don't know. I think it's still been a blessing, though, to me growing up in that culture because as a Christian, you are also called to... Not save face, but you're an ambassador for Christ and mm. God. So you can't just behave the way you just feel like Saving it. Saving face. Right there. <laughs> right there, right then. Yeah. Uh, so you got to have practice restraint. And, mm. But it can also be challenging because you are supposed to live authentically mm. as, as a Christian. And I think that was maybe something when I grew up non-Christian, you could meddle with a lot. Yeah. Like what you let people think you are yeah. or you were. There was a sliding scale. You can mm. adjust it as you wanted to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the anxieties for a lot of people who are believers, at least, about making decisions. Because, I mean, when you grow up in the church, you hear all the time that um, God is supposed to guide your footsteps. And so you turn to God and now you're going to hear this voice from heaven and the finger of fire is going to write on the wall. You know, and so that God is like, like leading your life and then you don't want to make uh you don't want don't want to make a decision that's going to go go against the will of god Mm -hmm. because you don't want to end up where those people end up at so 
So you have this sort of pressure and sort of expectation about how life is supposed to be. And a lot of that... Mm, But it um, sounds really strange to me, like not really? growing up as a Christian, because how do you know what God's will is? Maybe he wants you to make this dumb mistake. Maybe he wants you to go through this period of trial. Oh, it's wow. really, really like You're in the philosophical level. I need to go and take a drink first <laughs> so I can get there with you. <laughs> no, but, no, but I mean, I didn't grow up a Christian. So I'm like, yeah. how do you, what pressure? Like God's mm. will. You don't know what God's will is. What is God's will? But if, you, if you go to church, you grow up in church and you, um, and you listen to a lot of sermons. Mm -hmm. that, that really forms like a certain way of thinking. Yeah. And so you hear like, You know, like, because um, when King, this is now because I grew up in a black church. So I have to <laughs> give it to me, brother. I'll give it to you like we get it down back home. So stop. <laughs> it's like, and when King, and when David was just a little boy, he did not get afraid of Goliath. No, he did not. Amen. No, he came down there because God was directing his steps and God led him. Oh, which wow. goes, he, and like, you're like, okay, when, when I get out there in the world, God's going to like, You know, he's like in charge and then Yeah, but David never yeah. wanted this to happen. He was never like, Yeah, I want to fight this Goliath. Yes, he did. No, David did though. When he went to the camp and everyone was like hiding and people were all like, Yeah. Like, ah and David's like, Who is this uncircumcised this is my favorite verse in the Bible? <laughs> Who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? I'm like, That's me. I want to be like David. <laughs> 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 so I'm he like, wanted to do this yeah and, and he, then god he, blessed that and then god blessed him and stuff like but but david made like if you look at the decision making his his first decision was that when the people are hiding is his relationship with god going to make him stand out because when he does that he's the youngest person in his family and his brothers were trained warriors david was a sheep herder mm -hmm. he's out there playing with the sheep going <laughs> And he gets out there, and his brothers, who are trained warriors, are all like, like nope. "Who do you think you are? Yeah, like you, do you think you're better than us? Like, you know, you need to get back with your sheep." <laughs> and David's like, "Mm-mm." And he goes to Saul, and Saul tries to give him armor, and he tries on the armor. Too heavy. And so there's all these, but uh, this whole thing, you're like, "Oh, because God's like leading and guiding his footsteps," and and when it produces this kind of stress, because you don't want to, and especially if you come from places where, if you made a mistake, you're going to end up in hell. So, oh, wow, but that's not what, what the gospel is saying. No, but, but if you have been a Christian in the 60s and the 70s, let me tell you, woo, it's like if I'm a fornicator, the fires of hell are going to come up and woo, roast my butt. You know, it's like you're like, you afraid all the time of making wrong decisions because you don't want to end up in hell. You don't want to end up outside of the will of God because then God stops blessing you. You don't want to make decisions that that will bind you to things that will just be torturous for the rest of your life. So Why? I, but that sounds like a really bad God. No. Like if he would bind you to things that would torture you no, the rest no, of no, your no, life. No, you do it when you, <laughs> no, you do it when you climb outside of his will. So you climb outside, you climb outside yeah. his will and you make a decision against his will and then there's consequences. And those consequences, whoo, they can follow you forever. Yeah, but I feel like God is still, like he's still merciful and good. Why, would, why wouldn't he be able to turn us around if he wanted to? And that's the thing that that's, oops, <laughs> I just took out my plug so yeah. I can't hear me. So, um, but I'll just keep talking anyway. I just assume <laughs> I can hear me. Yeah, I uh, can hear can you well. Yes, yeah, the same okay, as great. before. It's because I speak with my hands. I'm so African-American. <laughs> it's almost like being Italian. We have to speak with our hands and wave them around. 
because we're really strange that way. I you're like know. Indian. You just nod. You speak with your nodding. Exactly. Oh, I can hear me again. My voice. Oh. <laughs> so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> no, but 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 I think that's the whole thing. Is that on that one side of trying to be consistent and being open for God to rule over my life, we forget that that God is a God that makes the impossible possible. possible. Yeah. And so. I can't make good food out of rotten meat. If you give me some rotten meat that's all slimy and stuff and green, oh. mm, you can just imagine what that smells like. Ah, wow. Um, it will always be bad and taste bad. Mm-hmm. But God can take the most rottenest meat and turn that into like, you know, the best steak you've ever had in your life. Mm. And that's what we forget. We forget that our mistakes are not a, a, a roadblock to God's goodness. Or even just because we made a mistake, it doesn't mean that we're... Now Screwed. I can never do exactly. <laughs> God cannot use me. I'm done for. Oh well, guess I'll go to the devil's bar and have a drink. Um, and and I think that we forget about how many times. I mean, King David again. Mm. David makes a decision. Um, he becomes king of Israel. He makes a lot of good decisions. And he makes some ba- really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And for all the b- bad decisions that that David makes, God never. He doesn't like kick him out. Yeah, God doesn't abandon him. When David has the affair with Bathsheba and kills her husband, and (laughs) and then they had a baby, and God's like, and the prophet, he threw the prophet Nathan, he says, but this child's going to be, is going to die. And David, and it's really funny because in that instance, then David says, you know, oh, well, I know I've sinned against God. And the prophet says, oh, God knows that. He's forgiven (laughs) you, but... And David, then he goes and he intercedes with God. And he's like, he just turns back to God. And I mm-hmm. think, like, he doesn't, he doesn't allow his mistakes to close the door to God's influence in his life. Or blame him. Blame yeah. God. No, like, he never, oh, God did that. He doesn't do the Adam and Eve thing. <laughs> he doesn't, he, and David doesn't play the blame game. Yeah. And that's kind of really interesting about his character. And I think, you know, Abraham. Abraham also makes bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. He lies. <laughs> he's a liar. About his... Wife, twice. <laughs> his half sister wife. That's, that's another podcast. Because <laughs> there's no <laughs> There's some people in the world you just need to wake up because you're nasty. But anyway, um, but um, but Abraham makes mistakes. Yeah. And even with Ishmael, Ishmael is totally out of, outside of the will of God. Yeah. And yet, and still, when when Hagar Hagar is in the desert, yeah, it's so and sad. she kicked out, and then God God shows up. And he says, "You know what?" He goes, he goes, I will make a great nation of him. Yeah. Like Don't this, worry. This boy who was the mistake, who was the result of people running ahead of God, mm-hmm. God still blessed him and, and, and used that situation to still form Abraham. So I, I think that sometimes we need to be a little bit more chill, relaxed. You know? well, I believe that God is good and he takes care of us. And I mean, you're, you're diminishing his power a bit when you're saying, like, oh, if I do this, then I'm screwed. Because that's not what the gospel is saying. Well, it does say that too, but <laughs> no, but it's not. But it's not saying that if you if you make a mistake, you're you're going to hell. It's not. No. That's why you're not going to hell. Yeah. You're not going to hell because of Jesus, not because mm. you are a lesser sinner. Yeah, but but I, but I think that when you grow up as a Christian, you kind of, and I hate to say this because I I know that people are going to disagree, but you, you kind of feel like you you are a little bit better. Ooh, like the rest I, of the world or the rest of the other Christians? Well, better than the other Christians in the other churches, you know, because in my church, no. <laughs> no, but, no, but I mean, you, you feel like, you know, like I'm a Christian, I'm young, I know God, I, you know, I, I love his word and stuff like that. And 
And because their moral side, the ethical side of Christianity gives you, I mean, be kind to people, treat people the way you want to be treated and stuff like that. And so compared to people who don't have that, sometimes you, you do tend to look like you're a better, better person, person, more good or something. Or you have a moral high ground yeah. compared to them. And so would you think that that's just somehow then reverberating your life so that when you're making decisions, because God's going to be with you now. And sometimes we tie our decision-making to God, and that also produces anxiety, because if God doesn't answer the uh, request the way that I want to, mm-hmm. is it because I'm a sinner? Is it because I have a lack of faith? And all of a sudden it becomes, and it starts to become about me. Mm. I have to maintain what I've my done. faith and my goodness and stuff like that. And I think that's But that's self-righteousness. Yeah. It's like you try to earn your stuff. You, you try to earn the blessing. It's the sneaky self-righteousness. <laughs> because no one ever tells you that it's self-righteous. But, and, I, and I think that, and, and you're so afraid of being judged by other Christians, mm. you know, that... Because that, we're, a, but we are a judgy, uh, judgy group of people. Are we judgy? Yeah, Christians are. I never judge anybody, just the <laughs> stupid people. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you just said stupid a lot. <laughs> because they're stupid, so we can judge them. <laughs> I think there's a verse in the Bible that says that, and when you see the stupid... <laughs> Judgeth them. You know? I, don't know. I don't know what this, which gospel that was. Probably the gospel of Edward Thomas. Hey, that's that hidden gospel. I wrote in the, I wrote in the bathroom. I'm taking a poop and I'm writing down the gospel. Yeah, God told you to write this down, didn't yeah. he? Write this down. Be like a prophet. Communicate to the people. Thou that art stupidest. Okay. Uh. Oh well. <laughs> No, but I but I know that a lot of people out there are, are really having a, a difficult time. Um, wo- the, that worry, that anxiety. Hmm. If I make a decision and it's the wrong decision, am I going to miss my blessing? Ooh. Am I going to be? Is 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 God then not going to be with me in the same way? Will I instead of getting the A prize, I'm going to get the B prize? No, the G prize. <laughs> like you're so far down, you know. Like, you know, you feel like you're falling out of grace, which is a stupid thing. But, you but can't. I, it can't. But it feels like that sometimes. I think it feels like that, like you just have so much pressure to want to do the right thing. And, ugh. But isn't it like this balance you got to do? Like when I preached about the centrality of the gospel, mm. it was about that the gospel got to transform you so much so you... So your spirit is transformed into producing these fruits, mm. not the other way around. Like you're not, yeah. you're not trying to follow all these rules and what Jesus gave you and say it. And yes, mm. the Bible says love is obedience. But on the other hand, you only you can only love God if you have accepted the gospel and it mm. has transformed you. It's otherwise just dead. Yeah, dead works. My obedience doesn't earn God's love. God no. loves me. And my response to him is my obedience in love. But but I think we get that confused. And yeah. we feel that if I don't, that I need to obey him in order to, ha- in order to prove my, or to get his love or something. Um, or maybe it's also, like you said, for the other Christians, mm. I got to live a certain Christian lifestyle so the others wouldn't judge me. Like, oh, mm. you're not a Christian. Or- oh my gosh, being a pastor <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> And I hated being a pastor's kid and a pastor's grandson. Because you got to live up to a certain standard. Yeah, man. because there's this, this fake standard placed on you. Like, somehow, like, I think the worst thing about being a pastor is that people expect me to be Perfect. less sinful. So if I <laughs> sin, all of a sudden it's like, oh, now, like, him, you know, like, like sometimes you're so paralyzed you don't even know what kind of decision to make. 
and you feel really alone because I, I know so many pastors who made a decision or made a decision or they made a mistake and then they admitted that to their congregation. And, they're and the like congregation shunned. is like, bye, get out of here, sinner. You know, and I, and, I'm, and I know there are things that we that we do when we abuse power, or when we're being unfaithful to our wives, that we should not be in leadership at that point. But at the same time, where is the grace? Well, where is the mercy? I think if you're where repentant, when you're repentant <clears throat> and you show that you turn around and what Jesus has done in your life, while you were still a sinner, he has died for your sins. There you go, sister. So, Preach it. So I think it's hard for us because... But then it's also a problem because it shows us how we seek God. So if we can't even forget, like forgive this person, mm. maybe our picture of God is if I screw up, he'll just throw me out just how I threw out go. the pastor when mm. he screwed up. There you go. So well, it's an indicator. So what are we going to say to those people out there who are who really want to make a... And I, under, well, I would say like this, people who are serious about making... God. A good, a good decision, a mm. decision that's going to honor God, a decision that's going to be a blessing, a decision that brings good and not bad. Okay, uh, so we start there. I think one thing is just to stick to the principles in the Bible and to pray. And I know that most of the time, people, God is not like, "Dear Edward, this is what I have decided. <laughs> do this, do that. Step one, two, and three. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> Oh. Probably not, but mm. I mean, if you stick to the principles of the Bible about honesty, about yeah. sincerity, uh, transparency, mm. love, kindness, forgiveness, yeah. I mean, you are in most decisions, you'll be on the like safe side. Yeah. But then when it comes to the gray zones, I guess you pray to God and then why don't go to counsel? Why don't you seek counsel from Ooh. some godly man or woman in your life you, you trust and you see the fruit? of the spirit in their lives so mm. why don't you do that I think people sometimes get hyper spiritual mm. and just like no I can't make this decision because God God didn't tell me to blah <laughs> like there are five other people who told you the same oh. thing in your life independently what do you th- what do you want more I've, so many times people are like oh can you pray with me about this okay and then and the decision is like quite obvious mm-hmm. but they're waiting for like fire from heaven they're waiting for <laughs> You know, the heavens to open up, and then God say, okay, come up to the mountain and bring your child. You know, <laughs> get ready to kill your kid. And I'll, you know, I'm like, oh. Okay. I don't want to do that. I'll do it for you. No. <laughs> oh, my no, but I, but I think, but I think that sometimes we're, it's, we're expecting God to be Hollywood. <laughs> and so we're expecting the music to play, the angels come down, and like, whoa, here's your decision. <laughs> um, and instead of just thinking like, okay, you know what? If I'm trusting God and he knows how much of his word he's let me understand, mm-hmm. he knows where I'm at. And if I'm really open to him, then I'll try to make the best decision I can, you know, based on what I understand God's word to be, based on getting good advice for other godly people, um, not making them make the decision for me, but informing me, seeing things from a different perspective so I can make the best decision I can. And then whatever that decision is, to trust that if it's wrong, God will God will fix it. Yeah, and if it's and if it's truly against His will, and I'm He'll really, let me know. <laughs> I'm, and I'm really listening to God. I think God will let you know. I don't yeah. think that God's going like just waiting for you to mess up. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's get him. Um, you know, because that's not who our God is. Um, and I think that the other thing is that uh, the thing that you said about prayer, um, just start praying. Build up a prayer life where you're praying to God about things. 
when you get to a big decision, it's not that big of a deal because you already have a life of prayer mm. and communication with God. You're already spending time in meditation, listening to God, like yeah. practice listening to God. Most of us don't practice that. We just practice talking to God. Just practice whining. Please give me this. Please give me that. Dear Santa Claus. <laughs> Why have you not given me? You gave it to Lynn. Why would you give it to me? But, you know. Well, I, I usually, no, I never pray like that. You don't pray like that? No. I do. No, because I, I don't like to compare myself to others. I do. If they got it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if they got it. They got if God it, knows me it. equally, exactly. then he will give it to if me. If I'm also your child, how could you give it to one of your children? I give it to this child. <laughs> because you're an entitled God's brat. Just like, he's like, does that even make sense? <laughs> do you think it makes sense to you? Because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm the sovereign king of the universe. I don't have to uh, do anything and give you uh, guys anything. <laughs> like, oh, yes, you do. You owe me. You better give me stuff because otherwise I'm going to hate you. So, summarize. Okay, um, I guess that was You good. have a big decision yeah, coming up. Big decision. You are informed. You get all the information you can. Yes. Lay your hands on. You will search the scripture yes if there's anything that could point you to the right direction you pray about it yes and then you talk to some good counsel yes and then you just make a decision you make a decision because god will either bless it or he'll let you know that you gotta turn around and do something yeah. else and just because things get hard doesn't mean that god is it's not wrong. blessing it yeah um so i think i think that people who are indecisive um indecisiveness is not a sign of maturity it's a sign of immaturity Because what it's saying is that you're unwilling to trust God to lead your life. Mm. So the reason I can't make a decision is because I'm, I'm, I'm still in charge. Yeah. And so I'm trying to say, well, if God is really going to make this decision, He's going to do this, this, and the A, B, and C. And if He doesn't <laughs> do A, B, and C, then God's not answered me yet. Like, no. you know, I, I think it's like the 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 old illustration of the person who was drowning, and they climb into the top of the roof. I'm not not drowning, but there's a flood, and they cl climb into the top of the roof. Asking and saying, oh, my God's going to save me. And someone comes <laughs> with a rowboat, and they're like, no, no, God's going to save me. And they come with a motorboat, no, no, God's going to save me. And they come with a helicopter, no, no, God's going to save me. And they get to heaven and say, well, God, why did you save me? He's like, I sent the rowboat, I sent the motorboat, I, I sent, sent the, the helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> you know, and it, and it just shows how it's such a good illustration because it shows just how how sometimes our decision-making thing. We're so is, stuck. It's just stuck. It's just in the <laughs> wrong thing. It's not even about God. Being able to work even through the small things. Mm -hmm. It always has to be some kind of Hollywood big thing, and that's wrong. That's not how God always works. The hype of miracle has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God does things. So now there's more kids coming to listen to Fika for life. They're always hanging <laughs> out in the background. Um, and, I, and I think we can learn a lot from studying, like, studying in, in depth a lot of the people in the Bible and stuff mm. like that who had to make decisions. You know, we're all want, we all want the Gideon experience. Make, <laughs> make the fleece wet. Make the ground dry. Make the ground wet, make the fleece dry, Ooh. make the fleece shimmer, whatever it is. <laughs> like, but and, and even even though God kept doing those things, Gideon couldn't make a decision. He, <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, that's not me. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that I mean, if God when God often speaks to us, He's using getting getting us to do things that increase our faith. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sure Moses must have thought when he's standing there, Pharaoh's armies behind him, and all these millions of people are with him. And God says, take your stick and stick it into the water. He's going like, what? <laughs> I'm like, like, could you imagine like God telling you to stick a stick in the water? <laughs> so people, people get rescued. I'd be like, <laughs> say what? <laughs> really? But if you have faith, you'll do it and you'll believe it will happen. Exactly. And if you're like in the, we said before, if you're open to 
God getting involved in your life. And God says, take the stick and stick in the water. Yeah. When I stick the stick in the water, that's where my faith is activated. Yeah. When I stick my stick in the water, that's where my trust is. Mm. And so my trust, it wasn't in, okay, Moses, blow over the water and do it. No, just trust me in the little things. Yeah, just do God it. God does the big things. So. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, don't, just do it. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Because <laughs> maybe Nike is a Christian company. <laughs> <laughs> no. And they have God and they're thinking about Jesus and they're just going like, just do it. <laughs> Listen to the spirit. Just do it. Just do it. Swish. The McDonald's says, I'm loving it. Maybe that's what we, should, we should end our service with everyone goes, swish. <laughs> and people are like, why do you guys swish like that? Yeah. Because we're saying, Whatever God just says, shh, just do it. <laughs> no discussion. Shh, just do it. Okay, that's about how making decisions. <laughs> how make decisions in life. Shh. And what like makes bad decisions too, <laughs> as yes. you can hear. Because <laughs> I think this is going to catch on. I think every church is going to go, shh. <laughs> just do it. And people who don't, well, you know what that word is. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening again to Fika for, Fika for Life. Life. Don't forget to give us likes, tell your friends, your neighbors, go to the hospitals, and go to the um, to the dog pound, because there's people who work there, too, who haven't heard Fika for Life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do that. All right. Take care, everyone, and be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or ideas, please send us a message to fikaforlife at mail.com. Fika, F-I-K-A. This was the Fika for Life podcast with Lin Nguyen and Edward Thomas, and we hope to hear you again. <laughs>